I'm Simon, and a few years ago, I decided I wanted to make a change. I wanted to create a passive reoccurring income to support me and my family. Today, and a legacy for the future. For the future. Fast forward two years, and I've managed to generate over £10,000 worth of monthly passive income. All from property. I've set up the business, scaled the business, and now I've systemized the business to free up my time. So join me to find out how I've done it, how others are doing it every day, and how you can do it too. I'm Simon, and welcome to another episode of the podcast where we talk property, creative cash flow, and how to be financially independent today, not in 25 years. And on this show, we're going to be talking about SA and HMO, which one's got the edge, which one I prefer, and which one you guys need to be doing now. Um, I think I'm one of the few people that actually does both. I do rent to HMO, I do rent to SA, and then of course I also own as well. But um, this is going to be for all people, whether you do rent to rent or whether you're purchasing, this is going to apply to you. Which one has got the edge? And uh, as I've said, I'm going to explain exactly what I do, what my approach to this is as well. But before we get into that, I just want to take this opportunity to thank everybody for the massive, massive support I've been looking at the figures and I can see we're going up every single week. The listeners are growing, the subscribers are growing, and it's amazing to hear the feedback. So please feel free, drop me a line on social media, let me know if there's anything you want me to cover. And of course, if you've not subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button so that you get um, notifications every single Monday when we drop a new episode. So I was thinking of the best way to structure this, and I've decided... I'm going to measure SA and HMO through six key performance indicators. Management, maintenance, cash flow, scalability, systems, and then the niggly legislation. Because I know that some of you struggle with those barriers to entry, and I think it's worth discussing. Um, I think that could be really valuable. So we're going to be measuring HMO and SA on those. I'm going to choose a winner for each category. Then I'm going to summarize, tell you what my favorite is, what I do in my business and what I would recommend. And as usual, there's not a definitive answer here. So these are just some of my views and opinions. It's not advice. And I would urge you to do your research and your own due diligence. Okay, so before we get into this, for brand new listeners, I need to define the two principles. So HMO is simply a house share. That means you might um, take on a property that's three or four beds and rather than renting out the whole property for a thousand pounds, you might split it into four rooms and rent each room at 500 pounds, thus generating 2000 pounds of income. And then serviced accommodation is literally fully serviced accommodation and this is normally offered on a short to mid-term basis. And it's like your Airbnb and booking.coms and stuff. Um, you can do that for tourism. You can do that for leisure. But you can also do that for corporate clients and construction workers, for example. Very, very popular strategy. 
So now we've got those out of the way, I want to go into the contest, so to speak. So first things first, management. I personally believe that the management of HMOs, because you're dealing with people where it's their primary residence, the management's really important. And as you begin to grow and scale, people get particularly sensitive because it is their home. So I personally feel like the management can be slightly harder in terms of HMO. Service accommodation, on the other hand, don't get me wrong, you've got guests that expect hotel-like standards. However, because you're constantly having a turnover of guests and you're doing cleans and you're across things, normally when you hand the property over, it's to a very high standard. So the management in terms of you know in-stay management is less. And if there are issues, you can usually nip them in the bud more quickly. In terms of actually securing the tenants and stuff, I don't think there's a lot in it. You know, they're both going to come through online platforms. The downside of SA is that they might be spread at bookings. The downside of HMO is you may have multiple rooms to fill in one property. Once you've let out an SA as an entire unit, you're done. You can move on to the next. But overall, I believe essays are easier to manage because they intrinsically force you to be more across things and to over-communicate with guests. Whereas with HMOs, there's this massive responsibility to deliver on management because it is their home. But then there's this illusion, this false economy of space and passiveness, which can, which can force you to take your eye off the ball and then you come undone. Second, maintenance. Interestingly, I also prefer SA for maintenance. And the reason is this, because because you've got constant cleans in between different stays, your cleaner can alert you, right, that tap's leaking, or oh, there's a leak on the ceiling below the bathroom. And you can be more on top of the maintenance. Whereas sometimes when it's someone's primary residence, you might have a monthly cleaner but you could miss things. And, and for some reason, I don't get this, but tenants don't always report issues. The whole classic leak being missed for six months, you know, going in and out the kitchen all day, every day, but never looking up and noticing that the ceiling is about to fall down. Whereas if the same person was in a hotel, oh, they'll notice, they'll be complaining down at reception. Hey, you know, there's a leak or there's a, there's a stain or there's cobwebs on the ceiling. It's this really sort of funny thing. Walk around today, guys, go about your business and even in your home, look up and let me know if you've ever looked up at the ceiling before and see if you see anything cheeky because a lot of tenants don't notice these things. So in terms of maintenance, issues can get, well, they can, they can develop and get worse before you know, thus costing you more. And there's more wear and tear on the property as well because people are living in the property day in, day out. Whereas a lot of my SA bookings, they're at work or they're on holiday um, or they're visiting and they're, the properties aren't getting as used, just to be honest with you. So first two categories, SA has got the edge for me, cash flow, cash flow. So what I mean by this is uh, we're trying to get passive income. So which one do I think has the best passive income? Now, HMO, you basically lock in tenants for six months or a year and they pay a monthly rent. So you could know over the next six months, this property is generating a thousand pounds per month. 
With SA, you could have a stonking booking, you know, that might be for three or four grand. My biggest SA booking, by the way, is £25,000. And somebody stayed in this property for a year. Yeah, that's right. Somebody booked an Airbnb with me for a year. Crazy. Um, but then to the same degree, you could have a couple of weeks of it being empty. So the cash flow isn't consistent with SA. You kind of get big lumps of cash, but you don't know exactly when they're going to come. So if you're just getting started and you want to increase your income in a consistent and predictable manner, HMO has got the edge. On to scalability. I think HMO, particularly if you're in an area that, you know, has demand and by has demand, I mean, you know, has trade, has industry, has business, has some level of tourism, you know, some attractions, has a big hospital. I think there's probably more consistent and measurable demand for HMO, particularly in these uncertain times, because people need a place to lock down. Um, you know, you're not going to cut out the place you live. So I do feel like scalability wise, HMO has the edge, especially in these uncertain times. And I'm going to cover a little bit more about this towards the end when I tell you my experience. Point number four is systems, okay? And it's funny because a lot of people say, oh, service accommodation is going to be so hard. You've got to let guests in. You've got to make sure you don't double book people on calendars and you've got to have the cleaners to go in and go out. And you would be right. And there's a common sort of perception that HMO tenants, you just move in and leave them to it. But you know what? I've kind of, in my business, I kind of felt like with my HMO properties, it almost allowed me to get complacent and neglect the systems initially. And you can neglect the the systems in HMOs when you've got three properties, 10 units. When you've got 100 units, there's no way you can do it. And that's what I've found more recently. So in a way, I like SA because you are forced to implement systems. And then my SA portfolio has been more hands-off in in many ways than my HMO because you're forced to preempt things because you don't want to be letting a guest in at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. So systems-wise, even though SA requires more, especially initially, I'm going to give SA the edge on this because it forces you to systemize and therefore can be more hands-off. And finally, last but not least, legislation. Now, You do have the 90-day rule in London, and I think that will be expanded into different territories in the UK. However, HMO, um, the legislation's a lot tougher. We've got what's called Article 4 now in a lot of towns, which means there are certain areas where they require you to apply for planning permission before you can apply for a HMO licence. And they are seriously restricting and limiting new HMOs to ensure that there's enough residential dwellings for families. And the thing is, there are more health and safety things you need to do for a HMO, such as your fire doors, your smoke alarms and all that stuff. Whereas SA, as long as the property is to sort of a residential rental safety level, that's about it in terms of the health and safety bits and bobs. So legislation wise, SA also does have the edge. Okay. You don't have to worry about article four. You don't have to worry about licenses. You don't have to worry about fire doors, etc. 
um, on every room because the property will be let as an entire unit. So there are a few more hoops to jump for HMOs. However, once you learn them, you know, it's not the end of the world. And I do feel like at least with HMO, it's legislated or, or there's legislation in place. So I feel like there's a big, big room for an increase in SA legislation over the next few years. So be, be aware of that. So I'm just looking at my little tally chart now and I can see that SA actually won four out of the six topics, HMO won cash flow and scalability. SA took management, maintenance, systems and legislation. But as I said, I actually do both. And it's a godsend. And I'll tell you why. A lot of people don't know this, but after my first rent to HMO deal, I hit a wall. I couldn't find another deal. Uh, a lot of people say your first deal will be your worst deal. But my first deal was hard to beat. And even to this day, I don't think I've actually beat it in terms of a three bed that I've turned into a four bed mini HMO. So I was looking at properties and I was like, no, no, that can't work. No, that's too small. No, maybe there's three bedrooms, but the fourth is a box room. You know, maybe they want too much money. Maybe there's only one bathroom for six. And I'm thinking, hmm, just not going to work for my professional tenant. So in the end, I took on my second rent to rent as an SA. It was a two bed, two bath property, townhouse. And I just took a hunch. It had parking. It, it was a lovely property. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to just do SA. So my first deal I did as a HMO, rent to HMO, my second deal I did as a rent to SA. And I was forced to learn on a really, 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 really steep learning curve. Um, but it was the best thing I ever did because what I did was it meant that it opened up the whole market for me. Because then when I looked at a property, if it didn't work as HMO, I thought, mm, well, I'll do it as SA and vice versa. And there was other advantages of doing both. One was I was getting the consistent recurring income from HMO, the predictable income. But then I would get these huge lumps of serviced accommodation cash, six grand here, eight grand there, 12 grand here, three grand there, which would boost my cash flow and allow me to reinvest the, 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 the money into more deals. Another advantage was I, I noticed that clients that needed short-term accommodation sometimes would go on to move here and needed long-term accommodation. And rather than me having to pass that business on to another operator, I said, oh, well, come and look at my long-term accommodation. So I would actually pass business and referrals between the two arms of my business, which meant that I could retain more clients. And another advantage was during COVID, diversification. Diversification was key. I know some SA operators that had 15 SAs and they got crushed because all the online portals, Airbnb, Booking.com, obviously due to government advice, just locked off the whole SA, serviced accommodation, hotel um, service, tourism market just got killed overnight. So if you had those units, it was really, really scary. But what we were able to do is pivot. We transferred some of our essays to HMOs and because we already had the systems in place and uh, a hot applicant list, we just moved people around and we weathered the storm and now we've opened up the essay again 
we found a huge demand for corporate and construction clients with our SAEs now because a lot of um, businesses need to make up for lost time. So there's a huge advantage of doing both. So that's why I focus on both now. I do what's called the hybrid approach. Um, and yeah, it, it, you know, based on those little um, scoreboards I did, SA in many ways can have the edge if you're starting. You know, a huge advantage is I do think SA deals can be easier to get. Rent to SA, that is, if you know what you're doing. But it's great to have a mixed bag and it can allow you to scale up. So I guess the answer is both. You need to do both. Um, should you try and do both at the same time at the beginning? No, it was a really stressful, steep curve for me at the beginning. But, you know, start with one. Start with which one you feel more comfortable with. If you want to get tenants in and just sit on that um, and just secure an extra five, six hundred pounds a month whilst you figure things out, great, do it. If you want to scale quickly and if you're willing to put time in, SA could be a great option for you. But then long term, you need to be doing both. So that's all from me, guys. Hope you found this episode useful. And of course, um, I'll be here next Monday with some brand new content. Hit me up on social media if you've got any requests and I'll be sure to try and take some of your feedback on board and make sure to subscribe so you get the notifications. Thanks very much. And remember, don't wait 25 years. Get creative. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out simonsmithonline.com. See you next time.